are listening to Autoimmune Community Voices, a podcast about diverse experiences and information from the autoimmune community. For more information about the Autoimmune Community Institute, visit acicommunity.org. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Autoimmune Community Voices. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno, and today we are speaking to Jessica Castellanos. She is a communications manager, uh, PR person at Public Health Advocates. She is also a host of Public Health Advocates Radio, PHA Radio. And so we are so excited to have you join us today, Jessica. Um, We're going to be talking about you know, what it's like to live, share autoimmune community voices out there. We welcome you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dr. April. I really appreciate us connecting today, and I'm excited to be on your show. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, I am 30 years old. I reside in the San Fernando Valley in It's a suburb of Los Angeles County in California. I went to CSUN here in the Valley and I majored in journalism. And so I've been practicing public relations for seven going on eight years. Okay. And then now you're currently a master's student. Is that right? (laughs) That's correct. Yes. I will be pursuing my master's in about three weeks from now uh, in public administration. And so I will also be pursuing that at CSUN and I'm very excited for it. It's a wonderful program. I did the same program back in 2008 to 2010. Yeah, it's just one of the best experiences I've ever had. You learned so many great things. I'm so excited for you to join the CSUN uh, MPA community. Thank you. So tell us about, you know, autoimmune living. You know, this is something that it's, it's not easy for us always to share, but For this podcast, we welcome your voice and uh, tell us about, you know, your autoimmune. Tell us your story. Yeah, well, thank you for allowing me the space to share my story. I'm a very open person with this. I've learned to be open now. Um, So I live with lupus. And so although lupus may not be stigmatized, sometimes it feels as if we're stigmatized as lupus folks. I was diagnosed with lupus when I was 23 years old. It was quite a struggle. I was what we call in the medical community a, an atypical case. And so because of that, and I was not textbook, it was incredibly hard to be diagnosed. And it was a long journey. It went from me being just a normal 20 something year old woman to waking up with um, major dysfunction. I woke up with a complete body rash one day which was um, mistaken as an allergy. And before I knew it, I couldn't walk. And so here I am today through the goodness of science that I've been able to access medications and I've been able to move forward and live as normally as I possibly can. And, you know, I try to inform people that I do have limitations, but despite those limitations, I don't like to hold back. I like to go forth, give my all and do as much as I possibly can even though in the back of my head, I do often think of, oh God, what if one of my organs decides to shut down today? Or what if I eat something and it triggers a rash? Or what if it's way too hot today and my face starts to blister? It's, you know, being diagnosed with lupus was a pivotal point in my life because before that, I didn't, I didn't know what lupus was. And had someone not put that idea in my head to push for a rheumatology test for, to push to find out if there was something with my autoimmune system, I wouldn't have known what to ask. I was completely lost at that time. 
what made them think it was an atypical case? Was it, you know, what were those factors that made them think that it, you know, and how long did it take to get diagnosed? Well, thank you for asking. Um, it took almost a year to be diagnosed. And so the reason it was considered quote unquote atypical was because my butterfly rash, as is common with the lupus community, didn't look like a textbook case. Um, I had a full body rash. And so um, I had hives that were flat, round, and scaly. And so at the time, I, I hopped around doctor to doctor and each doctor gave me a different diagnosis. And um, it, was, it was never a study doctor. It was an urgent care doctor, an emergency room doctor, whatever it was. And so each one of them had a different opinion. At the time, the way that the, my rash looked, looked to be more like something that was either scabies or herpes. And so that's why they were like, oh, you're not sure what it is. We're, we're um, not really, we've never seen something like this. And it looked more like a Christmas tree shape. And so at one point I had a team of doctors all surrounding me taking pictures and trying to figure out what it was and not a single one of them could figure out what was happening to me. Another strange factor was that my teeth were, well, my whole body actually was losing so much calcium so quickly. There was one day where I was eating a piece of sweet bread and my tooth broke. And so I was telling them, I can't even eat. My teeth are breaking. And again, that was not something that they were privy to. And they kept on saying like, oh, sometimes diseases mimic other diseases or conditions. And so we think you caught something. We think this is something that you picked up like pityriasis rosacea or um, you have an allergy to something. And so that's where they left me and they put me on a whole host of steroids. So tell us, how did you navigate this? So now you've gotten your diagnosis, which is always a relief, right? It's, it's a start in the journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so um, I was able to connect with a very excellent rheumatologist, Dr. Pat Lucieri. We had my longest relationship. We've been together eight years now. So at this point, you know, um, <laughs> just celebrated eight years. Anyway, um, when we finally were able to connect on the first day that he saw me, he said he was able to diagnose me within a week. It, yes, so he was an excellent person in his field. And so he said, I've seen this exact case before. I've seen it in older patients. It's not so common in younger patients. We're going to get you on this medicine, this medicine, and then we'll, we'll get you situated. After I got off of the steroids prednisone, um, I, I didn't feel immediate relief. It took another three to four months to finally get some normalcy because my rash was still on me. And I had gone through so many different stages with the rash that it was, um, First it was on me, then it wasn't, then it peeled, then it was back. It was sensitive to a touch. I couldn't even breathe at one point. And so finally, when I got the medications, I immediately started to educate myself. No one sat down with me to tell me, this is what you should do. This is, this is lupus or this is, um, you know, how your body is going to react. My doctor did direct me to some educational resources and I was able to connect with some folks in my community to see um, other cases. And there was other cases like mine, young people, 21, 22, 23, 
people of color who had also been misdiagnosed, re-diagnosed, and finally got, you know, got the exact diagnosis that was needed. So from there, again, I was able to become educated and access medications because I had insurance. Had I not had insurance, I, I fear to think of what would have happened. I probably would have had an organ shut down because they were giving me such a runaround. No one knew what was going on. I probably would have died. And so when once I was able to learn to take my medications on time properly, which also took education, I was finally able to get back to my new normal. That was from then on, I knew, okay, my whole life has changed. And so, you know, my doctor was always insistent saying you could live a normal life. You can, you could do whatever you normally do, but I need you to take precautions. And so, you know, as I've gotten older and he said, okay, like, you know, if you're thinking about having children, you got to let me know so we can talk about the medications to see if, if these are the right medications for you to be on. And there was one um, medicine that I was on that may have impacted fertility because it was also used as, as a chemotherapy drug. But at, you know, at that juncture, you know, he explained to me again, you know, these are the conditions that we live with. And, you know, it's unfortunately science hasn't come that far, but as far as it's come, it's greatly benefited mm-hmm. in this. Was regard. that rituximab? No, it was like Metro texture. I don't remember what it's called. Okay. Yeah, but um, yes. So yeah, it was it doubled as a chemotherapy drug. And so um, yeah, I've I've gone through a number of medications over all these years until I finally found the right one, which was also another journey because some of these medications messed up my stomach. Other medications made me gain weight. Other made me lose weight. It was in that in itself is a journey. You know, learning learning how to navigate that and then explaining to the people in my life who aren't English speakers or who aren't maybe familiar with you know scientific terms that this is something that I live with I often get looks when I say oh my lupus will cause arthritis or like you know or I'll get a a skin rash or sometimes I'll say don't freak out my skin is gonna get really red right now I'm not blushing I'm not shy it's just that I'm outside and I'm getting an allergy. And so having to explain that to people has been quite difficult, but I'm still learning. And, you know, I try to tell people, you're not going to catch lupus from me. You're not going to, you're not going to be feeling what I feel. And in all regards, I'm better today than I was that first year. So happy about that. Mm -hmm. Tell us some of the things you've learned from lupus. What has lupus taught you? (laughs) that your life can change in in the blink of an eye you know um that's one thing that I learned um another thing that I learned is that one thing can definitely throw you off you know just in terms of your own health you know your something you eat or something that you consume can trigger it and so I'm still learning my triggers which puts me on high alert and makes me think, oh, okay, I got to take better care of myself. I can't just, you know, I can't just take things for granted. I'm not a teenager anymore. I have to learn to, you know, um, navigate things. I learned a lot of new terms, you know, I, that was one thing. And I also learned that there's community out there. There are a lot of folks just like me who have similar stories. My story is not that unique. There are a lot of folks out there who, are living with lupus and you know they're living long lives and 
they're they're feeling good it's not just like oh you know this is going to happen and your liver or your kidney is going to shut down tomorrow i learned that there are answers out there and there are scientists who are working to figure out what causes this and how you can live longer and how you can live a normal life because i learned i can live as normally as normal as you define whatever you define i would say average because i don't really do much so what advice would you have for someone with lupus or with an autoimmune condition maybe they're scared or maybe they're newly diagnosed or maybe they're just you know they're just exhausted from it what advice would you give to somebody yeah i would definitely say it's okay to be scared feel your feelings feel whatever it is that you need to feel and if you do have access to a medical team push for answers that's one thing i regretted not doing in the beginning i felt that i wasn't pushing enough and therefore it's inherent that doctors and scientists will usually not listen to people of color, specifically women of color. I was often dismissed. And I feel that if I would have advocated for myself more, I would have gotten answers quicker. But if that's not something folks have access to, join a community. There are online discords. The Lupus Foundation is a great place to start. You know, there, there are tons of little places. I'm even sure places like Reddit or Instagram will have communities for you to live you know learn what other folks are going through let other people listen to your story you know just let yourself get loved on and let yourself let it wash over you but it is it's scary it's not always going to be like oh it's all rainbows and butterflies you know there's nothing like that fear of oh my god what happens next because all i have is my hope i never knew the meaning of that until i was 23 years old and i really heard like we don't know what's happening So that was scary. Jessica, ¿hablas español? Sí, hablo español. Trabajamos también en español. Entonces, uh, si, si puedes um, decir estos um, algunos consejos en español también, um, you know, para alguien que tiene lupus o um, otra enfermedad, otra. Sí. Para todos aquellos que hablan español y necesitan consejos, pues yo les digo, si necesitan algo, pues yo estoy aquí, primeramente, si me quieren hablar. Y háblenle a la gente alrededor de ustedes. Agreguen o ustedes váyanse con una comunidad que es igual que ustedes o alguien que las oiga, alguien que las pueda guiar también. Ahí por internet hay muchas, muchas cosas que puedes usted ahí, no sé, aprender sobre el internet, leer mucho ahí en la biblioteca también. Aprendí mucho en la biblioteca porque a veces... Me metí ahí y leía historias de, de muchachos que, con, con lupas también. Y siempre le, le contaba todo a mi mamá. Primeramente, yo siempre corría con mi mami. Le decía, mami, estoy asustada, mami. Mi familia también, si ustedes tienen cercanía con su familia, a, ayúdense. Ayúdense todos ustedes porque eso es lo, lo único que, se, que me, me hacía sentir así mejor. Y eso, y preguntarle muchas cosas a los doctores empujen a esos doctores que, que les digan algo, que les digan con certidad o que les digan así a frente a frente, porque las cosas muchas veces me decían, pues lo que yo decía, pura paja. Siempre me decían pura paja. Me decían, no, no sabemos, no sabemos, o a saber, o vamos a, a darte esto, examen y esto. Y yo sé que están tratando de hacer su trabajo, pero a la misma vez, yo ahí con misterio. ¿Qué, qué es lo que pasó? ¿Qué? Yo no entiendo de esas palabras y yo siempre les decía, por favor, díganme así simplemente qué está pasando. Díganme así 
nada más al grano, como decimos, al punto, no, no me digas mucho y sí, hablen con, con sus amigos, sus amigas, su comunidad y no tengan miedo porque sí hay soluciones. Gracias, Jessica. Y, um, how can people get in touch with you? How can we learn more about you or, you know, share your social media or share your podcast with us? Yeah. So if you all want to take a listen, you can search PHA Radio via SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. And um, you can definitely catch me on Instagram if you'd like. It's at Jessica the Little One. I don't post too much, but you can definitely hit me up on there if you'd like. Um, and definitely visit our website um, through PH Advocates, which is www.phadvocates.org. And you can get in contact with me there too. I'm happy to listen. I'm here in community too for anyone who needs some advice or just wants to chat about anything really. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And we are also part of uh, Public Health Advocates um, California COVID Justice Team. And um, you know, the organization, uh, we represent the autoimmune community and what's been going on with health equity challenges during the pandemic. So we are partnering definitely with, with your team as well. Awesome. And we're so excited to have you because, you know, we thrive through our partnerships. Mm -hmm. I agree. Power of partnerships and community. Uh, that's really important to us here as well. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jessica. Mm -hmm.